Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, your hosts are here, and our names are Sergio and Jeff. Uh, I'm Sergio, and that's Jeff. Jeff, how does it feel to be hosting another episode of uh, Shellheads? I'm going to quote one of my favorite episodes of Rise. Feels good. So good, Sergio. <laughs> That's that's a, that's a good pull. That's a good pull. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's we're episode. What episode is this? Eighty something. Eighty eighty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we 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 have a very spectacular thing to talk about this this episode. Uh, we've been waiting on it for quite some time, and that's the last Ronin. But we'll get to it. Uh, I have so many things to say about that 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 five issue series uh it 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 came out yesterday or the the, or it it complete the last issue came out yesterday so it's very fresh on my mind it's very fresh on your mind yes but before we dive into that jeff what what do we have to talk about first it's time to see what's in sergio's box oh yes yes i forgot to mention that you're you're coming you're coming at us live from the warp zone Yes. Which normally you're not. T- t- today, due to some some technical issues, you had to had had to, to phone it in from the workplace. It's very true. Uh, but hey, hey, you're here and and we're ready. Uh, what's in Sergio's box this week? Uh, I got a few things. Uh, I, I a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago, I talked about getting the 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 NECA fugitoid. Yeah. Uh, via a a box from you know from Target you know because I ordered it from the website. Well, uh, I sauntered into a a Target last week, and not only did they have the Fugitoid, they had two of them, and one of them was the Signature Edition. Oh snap! Yeah, yeah, I had already kind of uh just convinced myself I wasn't going to get one of those, and then look at that, I got one. Um, th- the weird thing is. The packaging does not state that it's the signature edition. Hmm. Like it, if you just look at the front of the box, it looks like the normal Fugitoid. But if you look at the background behind the Fugitoid, it's obviously the signature background, and the barcode is the signature barcode. Hmm. So I I don't know if there was a printer error, and I have an error box, which would be even cooler. I don't know. I mean, printing errors are nice. You know, so, so, what, whatever, it doesn't matter. I now have a signature edition, uh, and you will be, you will be buying the other one off of me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're both going to have Fugitoids, man. Nice. Uh, and I also had, I bought one for, for our buddy uh, Russ, so Russ has one now. Very cool. Just fugitoids for everyone. You get a fugitoid. You get a fugitoid. <laughs> and the one person that doesn't get the fugitoid adds General Blanket. <laughs> nice. Too nice. bad. Or the Triceratons. Better luck next time. Uh, I need, need a need a bunch. Yeah. Uh, what else did I ha- did, did I get? Uh, so so remember the last episode where I was like, let me buy this PC game be- before any, anyone else does. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I ordered that PC game. Uh, it, it was the TMNT 2 Battle Nexus, you know, from the from the from the 2K3 releases, the Konami game. Right. Well, 
the seller on eBay sent me the wrong thing. Uh-oh. The seller sent me a PC game or a copy of the original PC game from like 1988 or 89. Oh, wow. You know, the one that would, that, that was on, uh, that we t- actually talked about it last episode. It was the same, uh, basically the same game that was on NES, except it's on PC and it looks real weird. Like this was labeled as like, like an IBM release. The discs that it, that, that, it, that it's on are like the giant floppies. Oh, Wow. Yeah, like, I don't even have anything to plug this into. Like, I have no way to play this thing. But I was like, this is too cool. I've got to keep it. It's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. So the, and who knows? Those floppies might not even have anything on them at this point. But they are branded with Ninja Turtles on them. So they are the original floppies. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, who knows how long that data actually lasts. You know, they at this point, they're... 30 almost 30 years old so somebody's got digital versions of that somewhere you know they do oh yeah 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 people yeah, archive I, stuff like mad so i reached out to the seller and i was like hey you just sent me the wrong thing this is real cool but you sent me the wrong thing i still want the battle nexus thing and and she wrote me back and said uh, if well if you want to keep that you can always buy what i sent you and i was like all right i can do that yeah, two for and one. So, spec. Yeah, so so right now copies of that are going for like 60, 70 bucks. Oh, snap. I got it for 30. It's not bad. Yeah, it was even $15 off of the price she was selling it at. Oh, man. Yeah, and she's shipping me the Battle Nexus game. What so, a bargain. So I guess I guess that's just something I'm collecting now is Ninja Turtles PC games. Yeah, you've got what? I don't know how many more left to get. Yeah, I got a. There's a handful. There's a few. I know there's a the arcade port. Um, yeah. From original, you know, stand up cabinet. Yeah, the 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 TMNT game was released on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I look, I'm not even gonna dive into what I can buy and what I can't buy. It, it's. It's just another rabbit hole for you to go down. And yeah, yeah. And and I prefer the stupidest rabbit holes. And yeah. the, the like some of these games are going to be very hard to get work to get working. So let's just move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's all I have in my box this week. I didn't get anything. I've I've got some I got some other stuff coming. Yeah. But but those those are the only two things that came in. Uh let's see jeff has nothing uh well of course the, the last ronin that that goes without saying but we'll get to that um that's jeff, in my box at another location <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> technically i've got some turtle stuff i'm i will be going next week to procure them yes uh what is our second segment jeff and now it's time for the news ah! That 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 one almost sounded like you were you were toying with doing it in a in an Arnold accent. Now it is time for the news. Oh oh yeah yeah there you go there you go. I'm I'm gonna cut that out and use it for every episode. Oh nice. Uh yes it's time for news and as you always say it's feast and famine man we have we have a significant chunk of news. Indeed we do. 
and it's not all action figure news. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some of y'all, some of our listeners are tired of just us constantly talking about NECA action figures. So we're not completely so, taking a break from that. Well, so are their wallets. That's true. That's true. Uh, but most of the news today is has nothing to do with action figures. We got some. Yeah, a little bit. A little there. 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 Uh, what is our what's our first chunk of news? Um, well, uh, the first seasons of Rise of the TMNT and the 2K12 series will be hitting Netflix May 31st. So seasons one of both of those? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm like, why is it just the first seasons of both series? Like, why not do it all? Because I'm sure that's way more expensive. I mean, all of Rise is on Paramount Plus right now, along with 2K3. Yeah. 2K12 is not there for some strange reason. Like, this this reeks of, like, we can't release a movie without having something for people to watch beforehand. You know, like, like, we have to have some sort of Ninja Turtles stuff here. We have the movies, but we don't have any TV shows. Well, what can we get cheap? And they said, well, we can get Rise, the, the first season, and the first season of 2K12. But after that, it gets expensive. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but it does seem like the very least they could do. I agree. In in preparation for the upcoming movie, which leads us directly into our next news topic. We have an update. Yeah, so the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that we have been speculating on for like a year now has an official release date, August 5th. I've got, got goosebumps. <laughs> like the, the, all the, the speculation of like, oh, is it canceled? Are they not going to release it? What's going on with it? Are they done with it? Why is it delayed? Blah, blah. Like we finally have an answer. It's August 5th. Shut up. That's that was the answer. Yeah. Well, it's like what's really weird, though, is like they announced lately that they they were canceling a ton of animated projects. And I was I was legit worried there for a bit because there was, you know, so there was some good stuff that was coming and there was like, oh, well, there's no news on rise. And all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, like, oh, thank God. Yeah. 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 And, and, And as we said, you know, at that point, like they already cut the check for this movie yeah years ago so for them to cancel it would just be them flushing that money and there's no way that's going to happen yeah uh for all intents and purposes this will be the end of rise unless it does extremely well so as i've stated and we both have actually have (laughs) both have stated Rise is not a bad series. You've just got to get past those first five episodes and then chef kiss. It starts cooking really hot. Like I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, Jeff, Mm. but I'm about to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, don't do that. They were doing so good. Like this movie would have to be one of the most popular things on Netflix for there to be any more rise to be made. Because the like the creative team has already like been broken broken down. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's never a good sign. They've already announced two other movie projects that have nothing to do with Rise. Like the 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 future is already in motion for the for the Ninja Turtles plat like franchise. 
This would have to be earth-shatteringly popular. I don't know. Like, I mean, if Futurama can keep coming back and freaking, like, Young Justice and, like, all these other shows, you know, there could be hope. But you're just naming shows that people really like. <laughs> like, I mean, Rise has never rises a lot of things but wildly popular was never one of them i mean yeah i mean it has garnered a, a rather growing uh, uh cult fan base you're right you're right which more people need to embrace this show so you hear me people yeah. embrace this freaking show yeah yeah so if august 5th I, we i know what we're covering in august yep it'll be the rise movie it's a pizza night and a movie night. Yep, yep. Uh, what other news do we have? Uh, well, uh, we've had a couple of April in April segments being hosted by uh, Judith Sog. Yeah. <laughs> um, leading up to the reveal of her Bride of Frankenstein Universal Monsters figure. Yeah. What do you think about that figure, man? It looks pretty great. Um, I was kind of maybe expecting there to be a little bit more like eye makeup, you know, just to kind of look like the the actual bride. But maybe that's not, you know, final, final. They'll maybe add some more touches to it. She's still got busted knees. But then again, <laughs> she's a put to, she's a put together, you know, lady. So maybe they just Frankenstein some of them old legs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like for this figure, it ma- it makes more sense. Yeah, I yeah. still want to know what they were thinking. Uh, they were thinking we put money into designing these knees. We need to use them on something. That, that's I mean it's it's it's, it's a perfect fit. <laughs> Leftover spare parts. Yeah, and her knees aren't that busted. Eh, they're okay. Yeah, they're fine. Um, house knees are better. Like. The, like the funny thing here is like when we, when they said you know we, they were like oh this is gonna look like Judith Hogue I was like what really what why it, because of course this is you know cross it's supposed to be the the movie figures crossing with the Universal monsters yeah. and this looks exactly like Judith Hogue yeah like it looks like you, Judith Hogue is cosplaying as the Bride of Frankenstein yeah, pretty much yeah I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also may be why there's not a huge amount of face like makeup. Yeah, you got a point. You know, but it's it's cool. It's still real weird to me. It's 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 like imagine being Judith Hogan getting that phone call. It's like, hey, we've already given you a bunch of money to, you know, so we could use your face for April. We have an idea. Do do you want to cosplay as the Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, it's it's just real weird. It's like uh, game for anything, which is great. I hope we get to see more like cool April figures. Heck, I'd even take April in the '80s cartoon outfit. No, 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 no. It's gonna happen. You say that. It's gonna like, happen. like, how many outfits did she have in that movie? Like three or four, something like that. Like, I can see every outfit from the movie because that is very much NECA's deal, but. Outside of that, I, I think any more than that would be kind of stretching the limits of what they can do. I mean, they're not going to make April in her robe. They might. Nah. They might. What's next? 
we've got some <laughs> really weird news. <laughs> Ninja Turtle like protein powder energy powder stuff. Y- yep. I, uh, do you want me to take this? Yeah, please do. <laughs> okay, so GNC, uh, you know the the those stores that you see everywhere but you've never actually walked into. Ooh. The what is it? General Nutrition Centers. Yeah. Uh, well, they, there's a product that is sold in GNC called Ghost. Uh, Ghost is a protein powder energy thing that they sell and you you know you know what you know it's like muscle milk or 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 what is what is that that uh protein powder like get gains yeah like g fuel maybe yeah it's yeah combo maybe something i don't know i don't do any of that stuff if you don't know what we're talking about count yourself lucky well ghost and nickelodeon have partnered to release turtles themed protein powder or energy powder. Uh, and each one of the turtles is getting their own powder in, inspired by the character. And what are those flavors, Sergio? So, uh, legend. Who do you think that is inspired by? That's not a flavor. <laughs> it's legend flavored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Leonardo. You would be correct. Uh, let's see. Then there's Pump. Or Raphael. <laughs> it's Raph. Yeah, yeah. He's he's billed as the fit one. Uh, then there's Gamer. That would be Michelangelo. Yeah. And then there's Gamer non-stim. Don- so like Gamer caffeine free. Why would Donatello be caffeine free? I I because he's smart enough to know he doesn't need all that caffeine. No, he needs it because he's working on like all the projects and the stuff and downvote. <laughs> yeah, this is like I'm I do love that the turtles get their their names on all kinds of dumb stuff. This might be peak dumb. Yeah, this this is up there with like the the uh what it, it was those pizzas that had mutagen like flavoring on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is this outdoes that in in stupid stuff. Are you going to get a container just to have it? We there's a GNC near our house. Yeah, our our houses. We don't live in the same house. That's weird. That was weird. <laughs> uh, the, the turtle casa. Um, I I may pop my head into the GNC. So and you think special order all those flavors for you? She's like, hey, do you got any pump? <laughs> oh God. And what's next? Like um, uh, the uh, bringing back the hostess pudding pies, but in like protein bar form. Why not? Like I, I would eat a Raphael granola bar. <laughs> no, it's got to be like straight, like green apple, like pudding center, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, like it falls apart as soon as you try to do anything with it. Like it's, it's um okay, but knowing the no, what's 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 even more messed up is like knowing the world we live in right now. 
it's probably been pre-ordered to death and it's probably already sold out nationwide and you can buy it on eBay for like a three times the, you know, the retail price markup. That's probably what's happening right now, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But if 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 hey, if you want to get them gains, <laughs> just go to GNC. They they can hook you up. <laughs> get crumped. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very disappointed that none of them used um none of them are a strongium 90 flavor. <laughs> and if you know what I'm talking about out there folks, you just got all the pizza. <laughs> Let's move on. We've we've already spent too much time talking about protein powder. What's next? Isn't there something coming to Scotland, Sergio? Uh, yeah, I, you tell me. I just talked about protein powder. I've got to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's some sort of like Nickelodeon experience coming to Edinburgh. Um, it's a, a an outdoor event for children. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't live in is it Scotland? Is that where Edinburgh is? Edinburgh Edinburgh is. I believe so. Yes. Oh yeah. It's it's taking place in Stratton Park from July 1st through 14th, uh, and it's going to feature brand popular Nickelodeon brands like the Ninja Turtles, uh, Henry Danger, um, SpongeBob. Um, who else was going to be in this thing? Um, Paw Patrol, Baby Shark, which apparently is a Nickelodeon property now. Blues Clues. So 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 they're going they're going for a real wide swath of, of, of children. Yeah. Because that's like Nick Jr. and regular Nickelodeon. Is is the term wide birth? What? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a thing. I was gonna say like that's a wide range of like stuff. I I only know of like one of those things that you mentioned. It was SpongeBob and and baby, no, I take it to uh, baby shark. Yeah. Um, so if you're Scottish and you have children and you like Ninja Turtles, that's a that's a Venn diagram, right? It's great. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I knew you were going to pull it out. <laughs> that's terrible. Don't do that, children. Yeah. I, I, there's not much info out on this thing. It'll the, the, the link to it will be in the notes. There's going to be like an escape room. Uh, the let's see if there's any. Let's see what it says about the turtles thing. I don't. I don't you know what? I'm not going to dive any deeper into this. Let's see. Oh wait, here we go. Here we go. A subterranean adventure in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underground lair, complete with ooze-covered tunnels. Wow. Yeah. It it, it didn't occur to me until absolutely right now about how. Well, the turtles work with Nickelodeon's th- slime theme, right? Okay, all right. What's next? What ne- what's next? We've got some uh, a, a bit of an update for the Shredder's Revenge game. And and before you get into it, I, I just want to praise you for your um, you 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 chose to do this late in the news segment. I did. Like that, that 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 that's growth, Jeff. Right. I'm surprised you weren't just 
like immediately jumping into the news before we even got to the news segment. So, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, was, I was saving the best for last. That wasn't that's not last, though. We still have one more after it. Oh, well, hang on. Let's do that other one first. Oh, uh, OK, OK. <laughs> it's not really news. Just just remember, there's a free comic day uh, TMNT book that's free on free comic day. That, that that's pretty much it. It's 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 going to have Venus in it. It's got a really cool Sophie Campbell cover uh, that is inspired by the cover of Volume One, Number One. Mm-hmm. Uh, free Comic Book Day is the first Saturday in May. Yeah, May seventh. Yeah. So check that out at a local comic shop. Yes. Uh. So okay, okay. Talk about Shredder's Revenge. So we got a little bit of an update. Um, there's no definitive release, but they're saying summer of this year. So we're we're getting close. Um, they were uh, uh, Dotum. See, I keep I know I'm just mispronouncing that name, but you know Dotum Tribute Games. Um, they were at PAX East recently, where they uh, showcased about like 11 minutes of like the first two two stages. So we kind of got our glimpse of. Uh, you know, some more action, uh, you know, gameplay and stuff like that. And we've also um, got, surprisingly, uh, news that Rob Paulson, Cam Clark, Barry Gordon, and Townsend Coleman are coming back to reprise their roles of the Turtles for the game. That That's fantastic. Yeah. And so, like, each... It looks like each stage might play out kind of like an episode of the show. So, like, it all kind of, like, connects, and there's all these little things that are going on um, in the stages. Like, when when Rocksteady leaves uh, Channel 6, um, the foot soldiers are out taking off a tire off the, the party wagon. And Donatello's like, oh, man, I just fixed that up. So a, a lot of little cool stuff, and they, you know they talked more about you know what the game's gonna you know st- stuff that's gonna be in the game. I read that there's gonna be at least like 20 bosses. I was like, that's a lot of bosses. Yeah, that that seems like too many bosses. Ah, nah. If, if I'm being honest, uh, and nah. according to the internet, I think this 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 company may be called Dot Emu. I've heard Dotum dot, Dotum, you know. Because because it's because it's intercapped, it's like capital D O T capital E M U. I don't know. It's so. one of those. Whatever sounds good to you. Yeah. Apparently it's French. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that we're getting closer to uh, release, and the summer does not seem that far away. So. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Um, what did you pre-order? Like, what what have you been all all over me about pre-ordering? Uh, well, oh, uh, well, hang on. Before we get to that, um, they did also um, relay on their Twitter that they will be getting a physical release for Shredder's Revenge through Limited Run Games. So those are kind of like you know, well, they take a while to get made, um, so that it probably won't. I'm going to say it won't be available on launch. So if you can't wait digital, but if you want a physical, they'll probably have standard and 
like collector's editions, but probably only for Switch and PlayStation 4, maybe PlayStation 5. Do, do they not do Xbox? Mm, Limited run doesn't? Not that I've seen. That very well may or could change. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, but they've not really, they only really kind of cater to those, usually those uh, those three systems. Maybe they just don't have a deal with Xbox to print Xbox games. It's it's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, it's That's honestly the most surprising news out of all of this is that the initial print run is going going through a limited run. Yeah. Now, I, I can tell you that I it was, it was like that for Streets of Rage 4, and then eventually you could find it pretty much everywhere. So it'll probably pop up in stores, you know, and it, you know, depending upon, you know, how many orders they get or whatever, like sometimes it'll show up at Best Buy, but I was able to find Streets of Rage for it, like freaking GameStop. So um, maybe just this initial run, I mean, who knows, but we will be sure to t- let all of you know as soon as we find out. Yeah. 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 I just, I just can't imagine there being a new Ninja Turtles game that is not in a Walmart. Yeah. It's kind of odd. Cause that's your that's your audience, right? Your your audience isn't weird game collectors. Your audience is kids at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. So. I I think that's it'll probably happen. It'll probably happen. I'm calling it now. Uh, the other thing that you were alluding to was out of totally out of left field. <laughs> Sorry, no, we hadn't talked about it. Yeah, it's like Konami decided to make a collector's edition for the Kalbunga collection. That's right. And this thing was like loaded to the brim with stuff. Which includes what, Jeff? It includes, <laughs> as I type everything up, it includes a. Uh, we've got. You get a copy of the game, you get a 16 by 24 cloth poster. Uh, drawn by Kevin Eastman. You get a acrylic diorama, enamel pen set, 12 trading cards, which look to be um, uh, from uh, Turtles Tournament Fighter, Super Nintendo, the Japanese art, um, and a 180-page art book. Wow. wow. For 149 <sighs> And they're already all sold out online. They're they're very much trying to squeeze as much money out of this thing as they possibly can, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Konami only makes like one game every six years now, so. Pretty much. Why not? However, uh, if you have a GameStop near you, you should still be able to go in uh, store and tell them that you would like to pre-order it if you want to pre-order it. Um, because that's what I was able to do um, just the other day. <laughs> so the minimum's five five bucks or ten bucks whatever you want to put on it to secure yours um wishing you all the best of luck and let us know <laughs> if you get yours yeah 150 is a lot it is it's a little too, too up there but i just i don't do collector's editions often that how is that not that's not true it is true I've had I've had at least a dozen conversations with you about buying collector's editions of things. It's like Nintendo stuff, you know, like 
Breath of the Wild or Link's Awakening or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Very few collector's edition stuff. I know you. So. Yeah. Now I know you're on your end. The more I look at this, the more I kind of want it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I mean, I I, I pre-ordered two. I got, I got, I got, I got to stop. Like, why'd you? We'll we'll talk afterwards. Yeah. I I gotta stop. Um. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um. I have a thing that is not news, but okay. it's something I want to mention. Okay. Uh, before we get to our main top main topic. Uh. So we talked, I think, last week about the NECA slash loot crate fiasco that's ha- currently happening, right? With like the lawsuit and loot crate like trying to dissolve itself while still charging people like apparently that news has kind of blown up since we last spoke really yeah uh many many youtubers are 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 basically doing exposés where they find as much information about what's going on uh both factual and uh you know assumptive and they're what basically the consensus is that loot crate is trying to go bankrupt again so they don't have to send out boxes that's not cool and half the people believe that NECA can do something about it half of the people don't believe NECA can do anything about it because technically they're all owned by the same company and the the company's going to write off the loss that for like tax purpose there's there's all kinds of theories that's never a good sign because that stuff like if it is that that way then we'll never see them but that's the thing the figures have been made they exist they're out there they're in a warehouse somewhere all right people go raid them warehouses like it's it's not a matter of oh they've got to manufacture all this no it's they're they're ready to go loot crate just doesn't have the money to ship them and uh, according to sources uh, Loot Crate has dissolved their customer service support like team. Ooh. They deleted their customer service Twitter account, and they're just kind of coasting and, until they can figure out what to do. It's very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not. We're not. We, the you know the newsmen that we are, we're we're not going to dive that deep into it. We're going to you know give you the overview. I very much encourage. Anyone who pre-ordered those boxes to to hit up YouTube and just search and, and loot crate Ninja Turtles or just 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 search loot crate. It will be one of the first uh, results because it's it's a real hot topic right now. Mm. Yeah, they they uh they, they have my money, so uh they they need to send me my boxes, man. They got a little bit of my money because I just got one. You got a lot of my money, man. A lot of your money. Yeah. And all I've gotten is one Danny crate. Yeah, they shortchanged you on that one. Yeah, but let's see. What was that last thing you wanted to say before we uh, went to main oh, topic? Wanted to remind everybody that um, Stan Sakai's Samurai Rabbit Usagi Chronicles is now streaming on Netflix. That is correct. Let's see. As of today, or this recording is the 28th, uh, it is streaming today. So check it out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, that does it for news. All right. Fantastic. Let's 
move on to our main topic. Welcome back. Um, let's get into our main topic, Jeff. What's that? We are discussing all five issues of The Last Ronin. That's correct. Uh, I, I guess we had already said that we were doing that. It was not a secret, but I guess it, saying it makes sense. Um, yeah, The Last Ronin. Uh, last issue came out yesterday. We got a chance to read it, and uh, I have opinions that I want to get out of the way before we get started. Okay. Because we are going to talk about each issue, just like we always do. Uh, but I, I have some some just comments to make about the, the series as a whole. Okay. Uh the, fir- the first one is the delay in all of these books coming out did the series no justice. Really? It Like, it really did – okay, let me put it this way. It did a lot of harm when it comes to the storytelling of this, of this series. Because hmm. it took a year and a half for five books to come out. Well, you know, COVID. It, I don't – it doesn't – I look, I'm not saying that it's not – justified i'm just saying any of you that may have been reading it as it was coming out i strongly encourage you to just read through the whole thing start to finish yeah and spoiler alert we're gonna spoil everything oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah by the way like turn it off now if you don't want it spoiled we're gonna spoil the whole thing um because there there are Small details here and there and like storytelling um, tropes, not necessarily tropes, but styles that they carry from book to book. But if you're reading one book every five months, it's kind of hard to catch up catch those. I'll give you that, you know, and I, I was, you know, as I was reading it, I kind of had complaints here and there just in, in the back of my mind. And a lot of it was just tied to it feeling disjointed. But it only felt disjointed because I was only interacting with it every five or six months. It was, it was ridiculous, right? Right. So reading this as a as a s- single piece of content, like a single creative work, it's pretty freaking fantastic. Agreed. Like start to finish, like this – once it's collected, which I believe is happening in like two or three – like next month or whatever. Yeah. Once it's a graphic novel, this will read fantastically as a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way it's divided up in each book, it respects the source material while also going in directions that I would never expect the story to go. Mm-hmm. With characters that I would never expect to see show up. But I am going to repeat one of my biggest complaints, and that is... Without this living in a defined universe, it's hard for me to latch onto it as hard as I would for something that's, you know, an official continuation of Mirage. I I can respect and get on board with that, you know, because there are certain things like take Casey and April, of course, them being married. That's that's a thing, you know, that's been a thing multiple times. It's not that big a deal. Them having a daughter is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, as we know, in the original comic, that daughter was not April's daughter. That was Casey's daughter, Shadow. Mm-hmm. Creating a brand new character when 
there is a character already that could have been used that shares a lot of the same characteristics. It seems like a, a not necessarily a betrayal of the of the series. It just seems like a a foolish oversight. Like a, like a gloss over. Yeah, like they could have just it 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 could have just been Shadow. You know. I mean, it's a very valid complaint. It, it's and the thing is, it, it I don't even know if I would categorize it as a complaint. It's just it's weird to me. And it, what's even weirder is is the Karai stuff. Yeah, that was really weird. Because there has not been an instance in TMNT lore where Karai has been Shredder's daughter. Can you think of one? Not comics. Not comics. Not even TV shows. Like, he, he now she may have been his adopted daughter in 2K3, no, but it was, wasn't, uh, but it no, wasn't a bloodline thing. No, no, you're thinking 2012. No, that was in 2012. She was Splinter's daughter. Yeah, but technically adopted daughter. Like, was Karai Shredder's daughter in 2K3? See, now I can't remember. No, I think it was. I think it was like an adopted daughter thing. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was an Utrum. It couldn't have been a bloodline thing. So took, took me a minute. Yeah. So to just to the layperson who doesn't know who Karai is. Yes, the big assumption is, oh, that must be Shredder's daughter. But it's never actually been that. For it to be canon in this book is real weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it makes it feel – it makes the whole story feel a bit more bootleg than it should. I mean, you know – it could be in the sense of like, okay, well, what can we do different that hasn't been done before? I know, but because it's just retreading old ground. But these are such dumb things to change. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. Why change it's it? Really dumb. Oh, because they can. Uh, yeah, you're right. They can change whatever they want. Now, face value, like t- t- this story. Not taking any of the previous turtle history into account, this story is fantastic. Yes, yes it is. So, so don't get me wrong. Like these weird complaints that I have are less directed at the series itself and more at the idea of the series and the execution inside of the turtles universe that it apparently exists in. But I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah. And since we we've kind of talked about it here and there, but we've never actually spoiled anything and got into any details. Now that we're able to do that, I wanted to do it on mic. That's fine. So this is where I throw it to you. What did you think? This legit might be one of my, no, it is one of my top favorite turtles books. Really? Yes. That like what, 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 uh, what puts it up that high? So, you know, I'm a Batman fan, and I love mm-hmm. Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns is, like, legit one of my favorite uh, Batman stories. I love the animated movie. I just love the aesthetic. And, you know, the, just the whole, like, you know, older hero, he's still doing what he has to do. Doesn't necessarily want to do it because, you know, it's, like, it's got more bumps and bruises and cuts and whatever. Um uh, but he he has to, and I get a lot of Dark Knight Returns vibes um, 
in this book and in some of the panels too. Um, and uh, okay, you know, it's just and it's it's in it's in it's in the future. You know, we have you know, different takes on different characters. Uh, you know, that are exciting and and new. And oh, you know, it's it's my favorite turtle. Oh yeah, we haven't even said anything about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we called it. We called you, it. We're like, who's the last Ronin? I was like, it's Michelangelo. Yeah. It has to be Michelangelo because that's the least obvious choice. Is yeah, yeah, it has to be Michelangelo because that's the least obvious choice. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, originally I was like, maybe they tell the whole story and never tell us. You know. Which would have been a real baller way to do it, but I understand why, you know, if, if you want to weave in other characters like April O'Neil and Casey Jones and whatnot, you kind of have to reveal what turtle it is. Yeah, I am a little disappointed that they revealed it in issue one. Like, they couldn't have, like, let you kind of wait to, like, maybe issue two or three to drop that bomb. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Or or maybe that they, they just wanted to sell a lot of issues. Either way. Because they did. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, this is uh I I I I'm not going to know the story to quote and I'm sure we said it when it was announced, but this is the best-selling Ninja Turtles comic of all time. Yeah. It makes me wish I'd gotten more than two copies. <laughs> <laughs> uh issue 1 it, it it's the 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 best the the highest-selling single issue in IDW history. Not IDW this year or IDW the Turtles line. IDW history. That's very impressive. Yeah, and I, I, I imagine that the IDW stuff is is printed way more than any of that old uh, Mirage stuff is. I don't have the Mirage number, so I'm probably talking out my butt here. But this, to, to speak hyperbolically, this is the most important Turtle story since City at War. Yeah. Um. So. Good on them, right? Indeed. Uh, the the last thing I want to talk about before we actually look at these issues is the name, the Last Ronin. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. Of course you don't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, at no point was there more than one Ronin. I mean, he's a masterless. Right. But by saying the last Ronin, you're you're suggesting there was once more than one Ronin. No. Yes, that's exactly what you're doing. No. Because then it should be just called the Ronin. I mean, when you look at the history of it, like there's 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 not any more of them. It's referring to his his kind, and you know that's it. But they were never Ronins. They weren't. But still. Like maybe the last ninja or the ninja Ronin or I don't know, like Ronin Hamato or something. It it's fine. But the the last Ronin does not con- conceptually make sense. It's fine. Sounds cool. I disagree, but you know, <laughs> I'm all about that ninja and samurai stuff, and you aren't. Well, I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which is weird because you like Ninja Turtles. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. And Samurai Jack. So it's kind of... I do. I do. Okay. Well, let's let's dive into these these individual issues. And they're they're beefy babies. They're all about 50 pages long. Yeah. Which means that this five-issue miniseries is actually about a 10-issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to run through these plots real quick uh, because, as I said, they're long and there's no need to dwell on them. So here we go. Uh, it opens with Michelangelo sneaking into a fortified New York City in the future. Uh, I don't think a date is attached to this. It's just the future or what's referred to as now. Uh, that And the story jumps back and forth between the past and now, and it's always referred to as now. Uh, he is wearing his last Ronin attire, and he is basically ninjaing his way into the city, taking out cameras, jumping over fences, you know, just being being cool. Uh, he comes across a group of uh, no, not he doesn't come across them. They 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 cut to a group of like they look like gang members, but uh, there's a girl referred to as Jones, and. That's pretty much all that we see is a girl referred to as Jones. Moving on, uh, Michelangelo has basically stated he's going to – or not Michelangelo, the last Ronin because we don't know it's Michelangelo yet. Uh, he he stated he has a, 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 jo- a job. His, he, his, his only task is to sneak into the foot headquarters and murder the leader of the foot who at this point uh, – what's his name? It is Hiroto Hiroto Saki. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Hiroto. Wait, Oroku Hiroto. Where? Let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oroku Hiroto, who uh, they establish in the first issue, is the descendant of the Shredder. And by descendant of the Shredder, he is the son of Karai, Karai being the daughter of the Shredder. Mm-hmm. Hence my previous comments about it being weird. Yeah. In this version of the Turtles, uh, the Turtles, they are the ones who killed Shredder. And Karai still, like, even though they murdered her father, she still brokered the ceasefire between the Foot and the Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Ronin is sneaking into uh, the, the the headquarters, and he comes across uh, several different times types of foot soldiers. Some of them are humans, some of them are robots, some of them are enhanced humans with robotics because it is the future. Mm-hmm. And this this is a like a, a protracted sequence of him just killing people, blowing people up, and being a ninja. Yeah. He's being stealthy, but he's also not really hiding that he's coming in the building because there's a lot of explosions and a lot of dead bodies in his wake. And not a lot of shadows. No. It's all bright. A lot a lot of head-on head on attacks. Yeah. Uh, Future full of LED lights. Yeah. Hiroto is not happy because, you know, he's, he's – he is basically – he has a stranglehold on the city. And he, he is the ruler of what is future New York City. And he has all this power. He believes he can just throw people at it and, you know, kill this Ronin. And there's a, the ensuing battle is pretty exciting. Uh, and we also learned that Hiroto is working with Baxter Stockman. Do we do that in this issue? I think it is. Mm. I think so. Either way, that is basically – that's where – Hiroto is getting his uh, his tech is from a, an aged Baxter Stockman. But we'll get to that a bit later because he plays a big part in the coming story. 
during the fight with a trying to describe what the robot looks like, but it's it's basically a it looks a lot like a Star Wars robot would look. You talking about the mouser thing? Yeah, it's like a it's like a it kind of looks like the the version of Baxter from 2K12 when he got the suit. Maybe. Maybe. We got mousers for hands. But before before the Ronin could kill Hiroto, he gets knocked out of the building by this robot and lands on the concrete. Um, the <laughs> landing should have killed him. Uh, he then had to escape through, of course, the sewer, uh, which it, he's then followed by Jones and her gang. It's we then see uh, Hiroto reveal the the Karai backstory stuff, and they show Karai in a uh, what looks to be a like a life chamber. She's in a some sort of coma, and then the Ronin is 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 uh, walking through the sewer, fleeing the scene, uh, kind of talking about how he's failed and that that you know his his fallen brothers mean so much to him and he even gets out all their weapons and, and masks and he talks about how much he misses his brother and he has, a, he has a real like touching moment there with their old equipment as he is figuring out how he survived because he should have died he fell from a building right yeah he uh, you know as, as he's doing this he collapses and they they, they have a little like a heart stopping animation there indicating that he's going to die. But instead uh, Jones walks in and says, Oh, you're a mutant turtle. And they then cut to like a, a dream sequence or a flashback, or it could be a combination of the two. He's dreaming about the past uh, for one whole page where it's him and his brothers just hanging out in, in the, uh, in the lair before they cut to the last page where April O'Neil is standing at his bedside. He is bandaged, bandaged up and the reveal that it's Michelangelo is, happens on the very last page. April O'Neil is also middle-aged and looking like Linda Hamilton a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the first is- issue ends. It's, it covers a lot of ground. It is, it, you know, the, the issue establishes, the world that they live in, it establishes what Michelangelo is out to do uh, and that April O'Neil is still alive uh, and that they're still on, you know, speaking terms. But it does not establish who that Jones character is. No. Uh, who the people she's with are uh, or even, you know, any kind of, anything else that may be in place to fight Hiroto which that all will come in late in later issues. what do you think about issue one? I was, I was hooked from page one. Um, I'm a sucker for, you know, future stories with characters that have, you know, uh, aged or it's like, it's uh, like an alternate universe or a dystopian future or whatever. Cause this very much is, it, it very much feels like a more mature, version of same as it never was because they did something kind of similar mm-hmm. um which is like legit my, my all-time favorite uh 2k3 episode um but this is better because <laughs> because it's because it's mikey yeah. um you know what it feels like to me mm. blade runner i do love some blade runner it feels like blade runner it, that movie like has single-handedly influenced more media 
than you know just about anything. It's it's wild because it's not a good movie. I disagree. It's a good looking movie. It's got a it's got an amazing feel, and I love what it has done. First film is fantastic. It's I love what it has done for media, and I love that all of these things have have based their aesthetic on Blade Runner as a movie. It's hard to watch. It's not good. Uh, no, you're thinking of the second one. That one's really hard. No, no, that that one just shouldn't exist. But the, the first one, it's it's boring. It does. I, Let's I move gotta, on. Move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Just go, go you, you don't you don't have to agree with me, even though you do. I don't agree with you at all. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. Uh, so this first issue, as I said, it establishes a lot of stuff. What I I have a couple of questions. One, what do you think of the art? The art is gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Like I don't hate it. I don't I don't like the. The, the character model of uh, Michelangelo at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just because he looks old. I just, I don't, he looks like an ogre to me. Eh. I mean, I'm not seeing it. Just, he doesn't, I don't know. Like, he doesn't look like Shrek. He kind of does, though. No, 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 he doesn't. Um, other than that, I really like the art. Like, it's, it's, it's dark, but it's not, but the colors are vivid. You know, it's, yeah, it's futuristic. Yeah, yeah. It they, they could have gone like full on dark, to where you can't tell what's going on, and a little real heavy on the blacks, and they just really didn't. This is it still has really vivid colors in it. Yeah. Uh, him him wearing an all gray and black outfit is is almost in contrast to what's happening in the world around him. And that's a really nice touch. I like yeah. that. Uh, he has a pre. He has a pretty heavy uh, inner monologue happening most of this issue, mm-hmm. which I don't hate the idea of an inner monologue, uh, and I feel like it was necessary since he's the really the only character in a lot of this. Um, I think there's a bit mu- like there's a bit much. It could have been trimmed down some probably, and it it shows up in later books, and I feel it's more egregious in later books, mm-hmm. but. It's fine. It's fine. It, it it tells a story that, it you know, it wants to tell. Uh, Her- Hiroto or Oroku Hiroto, they really established this guy as, as a, a loose cannon. <laughs> Two days from retiring. Like he he's in charge and doesn't want anyone stopping. Like he is, again, rules with an iron fist and he has the firepower to you know, to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a lot of allusions to the other, the, the three dead turtles, right? They establish that they're, you know, the other three are dead, but no details are given as to what happened. Yeah. And that leads into the other issues because that, that's really the, uh, the, the format that these books took. It was the opening book, Explaining what the what kind of world we're in, and then three issues explaining what happened to the other turtles and other characters. Yeah. Mixed in with you know the continuation of the futuristic story, and then book five where there's the big finale and Michelangelo you know goes at it right. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't see that story structure coming. Like yeah, I mean at first when I when I originally first read it, however long ago. 
because <laughs> I just read the first issue. I didn't read the the, the other ones. Like, like I kind of waited till now to just do it all in one chunk. And as you said, it is more palatable as to to read it all together because you know it just flows so well. Um, I I really liked the the inner monologue because it feels like you know is it Mikey just you know thinking up what his brothers are saying are they actually there they leave that in- interpretation up to the reader and I like that because they could be connected through the spiritual plane as we've seen in the you know the 90s movie where of course Splinter was still alive but the way that you know the whole turtles universe and mysticism and all that works it very well could be them communicating to him. It could, it could, but I, I, I think like in my mind, it's, it, it's not the, 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 the astral plane at all, you know, cause in my, in my mind, that would kind of uh, negate the idea of him being a Ronin. Maybe, you know, cause, cause if, if he's still able to communicate with his master via the astral plane, then he's, his master still has some sort of influence over him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, just a thought again, you, you said it, they're leaving it up to interpretation on purpose. Yeah. And I didn't get bogged down down by any of it. I was just like here. I just couldn't stop reading. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. These books are real long, but they, they fly by. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to issue two. Okay. Uh, this one on the cover of this one, uh, we actually have Raphael, which is real odd, considering his character's dead. So, like, even like in the solicits, it's like, what? I thought this was about the last run and not the you know other turtles. Well, very quickly they established that this is the tale of how Raphael dies. Yeah. Uh, and let's jump in. Issue two. It's it starts with uh, April crying about past events. They show the past events uh, of basically the turtles and Splinter busting into April and Casey's apartment. Splinter is bleeding. Uh, Raphael, as he always does, leaves the bunch to go. You know attack whoever is attacking you know whoever was responsible right they also show that april is in future april is missing both a large chunk of her leg and her her hand from like just above the wrist down Uh, and she has prosthetics that she puts on when she wakes up in the morning so they don't they they, they're kind of trickling out the details about raphael's death right Mm mm-hmm uh, Michelangelo is uh, he's all healed up and he's, you know, getting some tea and he's he's really he's really mad at himself for not succeeding in his mission and uh, feels like, you know, in this discussion that he's having with his with his invisible brothers uh, that he, there's a lot of self-doubt in there, you know, uh, the, the, how. If this is his him having a discussion with his brothers in his mind, the way his brothers are portrayed, it's it basically like you can't do this. You know, 
we we should have done this as a team. You're not able to do that. He, he's not confident in his abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Which th- that that works for the character, you know, considering it's Michelangelo. Like he was never leaned on to do anything that important. And he definitely wasn't ever leaned on to do anything on his own. Yeah. So e- even in his old age, he still has a lot of he he's developed self-doubt that young Michelangelo never had. Uh, cut back to the ra- saga of Raphael's death. Um, he is he is just booking it. He he knows it's the foot and he's in the, and he's just laying waste to them as he gets you know, to, to Karai, who at this point in the story is leading the foot clan. Uh, we, th- I'm, g- I'm going to let you talk about the Easter eggs. Cause I know there's a real big one in here. Yeah. Uh, so he just <laughs> comes in like a bull in a China shop and just starts murdering foot soldiers left and right. And it leads to him fighting, uh, Karai one-on-one, well, not necessarily one on one, but he makes it all the way to Karai, right? Mm-hmm. And he's already got half a dozen to a dozen uh, arrows in his shell and his back and his arm. He's bleeding from several different spots, and they fight off of a off of a pier. They fall into the water, and Karai grabs a I don't know what kind of weapon that is, the little triangle blade thing i i don't know what it's called but i remember it coming with the original action figures <laughs> that's true that's true it did uh karai takes that off of his like his leg and stabs him in the neck and he sinks to the bottom of the you know i, I guess this is like the east river or whatever yeah as he stabs her in the back and he stabs her in the back uh which is kind of appropriate because she stabbed them in the back mm-hmm. by breaking their truce uh, so he, uh, you know, sinks to the bottom, dies, uh, and Karai is quote unquote left for dead because, you know, she probably would have died had, had she not gotten immediately saved and put, you know, taken to the hospital or, or wherever she went. Well, uh, Mikey and April do a lot of catching up, uh, and we meet Casey Marie Jones. Mm-hmm. Casey Marie Jones is the daughter of Casey and April, and she's very she she is very much her parents' kid. Uh, she is hard-headed like her father, but super smart and 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 uh, able to think on her feet like her mother. And we find out that she's oh, uh, I don't know if we find out in this this issue. We don't. I'm talking about that she's uh, working with the underground. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we do find that that out in issue this issue. But uh, Mikey has basically never met her. Yeah, Mikey's never met Casey Marie Jones. He didn't know. So he didn't know she even existed. Uh, Her- Hiroto, uh is is you know he's he's is angry that his uh, his foot soldiers weren't better in the battle against Michelangelo and. We we see that he's preparing for the you know inevitable return of him, and also he is sending people out to find the tur- basically ramping up security because he knows stuff's about to go down. Right? Uh, we find out that, that Casey 
the new Casey, you know, I'm just going to refer to her as Casey because that's who she is now. That's fine. Um, that she has been training, uh, using a lot of the old books that, you know, Splinter had, uh, and just basically trying to uh, fight for the freedom of New York. She's training to be a ninja, right? But she's very sloppy. She's not good. Michelangelo uh, is talking to her and just they're just kind of getting to know each other and, and learn about each other's past and whatnot. And he starts talking about what happened, uh, why he's been away from New York City for so long. Well, uh, he, he talks about after the bad stuff went down, a.k.a. the death of all of his brothers, uh, he felt he had to leave. And he went to the went to the mountains and then he uh, was trying to find peace and. He was mistaken for a monster. He had, and he, he references that he had been trained from birth for redemption for our family, and that you know that was his destiny on the battlefield till the till the end. And that's kind of what encouraged him to come home. Yeah, was seeing that what he had been trained for, what he his existence was was based upon, had not been fulfilled. And the cool thing about this this flashback segment is this one was done by Kevin Eastman. Yes. Yeah, and it's in black and white, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting way to to do it because it's it's a it's a stark art contrast, uh, yeah. and that and that happens a few times in 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 this series. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelangelo makes it very clear that he's going to finish his mission, uh, and Casey's like, "All right, well, I'll come with you," and he's like, "No, bro, that ain't happening." Uh, April opens a safe, you know, hearing this, April opens a safe and pulls out the Fugitoid's head. Pretty morbid. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, th- and that's how the issue ends. She's like, if we're going to, if he's going to do this, we're going to need Professor Honeycutt, or at least some, some version of him, right? Yeah. So, that, that, that's how it ends. Uh, issue two, it, covers a lot of ground what'd you think so it's a change of pace of course from the first issue it's more character growth more development you know because you know there's not really action in this one which is fine because it it i really liked getting to know you know about the different characters and stuff and the the moments with with Michelangelo and and Casey Marie were great. Um, it I got I'm I'm not gonna lie like so seeing your heroes or your characters that you grew up with die off mm-hmm. in a movie or a TV show or you know comic or whatever it's always hard. Yeah. Um, like a lot of kids in the eighties. For me, that first experience was the death of Optimus Prime in the 86 Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Gotten over it. Still sucks. And <laughs> so seeing Raphael die was it, it. It shook me, you know. Yeah. As as it should, as I'm sure it probably shook you a bit. Th- yeah, because that's my boy. Like, right? Yeah. He's 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 my turtle, and and you're right. Like I knew it was coming. Yeah, like I like that's the premise of this story. Yeah, but just just seeing it happen in such a dramatic fashion with against who it probably should have been against. Yeah, 
you know, of all of these characters, Karai killing Raphael is the right that that's that's the right story to tell. Yeah. It doesn't make it less impactful that I knew that it was coming. No. You know, you just didn't know how. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 almost like watching Uncle Ben die. Like, it's like you know it's you know it's had what's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Still hurts. Yeah. Um, I love the 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 scramble egg moment because that you know it's like wait you're you're not gonna get anything done today without any breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's like some 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 bootleg not bootleg black market black market real black eggs market, real eggs. And I was like, yeah, because you know, Mikey loves scrambled eggs. That that that's a that's a real uh, dystopian future like thing. It's like, oh, let's let's remind everybody, things suck right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> supply chains are crazy. You're like, oh, it's kind of, uh, oh, huh, okay, that's hitting close to home. Yeah, uh, I want to point out, and this this isn't really a huge big deal, but. The the Casey Marie or the the Jones that was referred to in the first issue was Casey Marie. Yeah. Her hair looks completely different from issue to issue. It does. And I guess the the, the way you explain it away is say, oh, well, she had her long hair tucked into her hat. Yeah. But that's just a real weird creative decision to make. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I know that they had. I know that they completely changed the artist like mid production on issue one. So they're forgiven. It's just real weird. I mean, women change her hair all the time. That's, that's true. That's true. But this is literally overnight. I mean, they do it overnight. I know. Sometimes they, they, they put it on but, the nightstand, but they don't go from short to long overnight. They could. Um, it's, it's again, this isn't a complaint. It's just real weird. And then she changes her hair again by the end of the series, which is even funnier. Um, what nuggets do you have? We got a big whopping fat nugget. Um, on page 13, as Raphael is running from rooftop, jumping down the subway, jumps through one of the subway uh, car tunnels, and we could cut into that subway car. And it's Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird enjoying a slice of New York pizza. I was like, did you see that? What? Look like, never mind. That'd be too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very clearly <laughs> Peter Laird and and Kevin Eastman. I love that. I love yeah. that. Nice, nice little Easter egg there. Yeah. Um. Not even hidden. It's it's less an Easter egg and just a hey, look at this, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, are you ready for issue three? Mm, yes. Okay, yeah. issue three. So we continue the the theme of, hey, here's a turtle dying in issue three, where on the cover we, we actually have uh, Leonardo's katana and Casey Jones's mask kind of uh, sitting in some rubble. Uh, it's it's um reminiscent of the death of Superman. Yeah. So. <laughs> the world's most worthless comic. Eh, well, it wasn't at one point. Nope. <laughs> um, this one opens up with uh, a then segment where the Foot Clan is putting 
uh, Oroku Kuroto. Her, sorry, Oroku Kuroto in uh, in Power. It's after um, it's it's after uh, Karai is not mortally injured, but she's in a coma now, uh, and it's established that it has been ten years since uh, Karai was was injured. So it took 10 years for him to age into the appropriate age to take power, right? Mm. Which means Raphael has been dead for 10 years. Yeah. That if, if we're putting, if we're creating a timeline here, uh, he makes a speech, a big dramatic speech to uh, present day New York, basically saying, uh, we're going to find the monster that tried to murder me. Uh, and anyone who is, you know, helping him, they're going to, that their their fate will be worse than death. Like he, he you know he, he goes full on dictator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, cut back to Michelangelo, who's having yet another conversation with his uh, with his brothers, uh, and he's met by Casey, who has again changed her hair <laughs> and is wearing a different hat. But I really like this look. This, this is probably my favorite look she has. Yeah, I do too. I like that hat. Like I kind of want that hat. That's an aviator's hat. It's like yeah, with with goggles and everything. It's cool. Or like a or like maybe like a motorcycle uh type hat, maybe. Yeah. Leather. Like just real yeah. cool. It's cool. Um <laughs> Michelangelo after speaking with her, uh let's see, what did they talk about? Oh, nothing. They didn't really talk about much of anything here. Um Michelangelo went to see April and what is she working on? The Fugitoid. Mm-hmm. She's pulled his head out and plugged it in. Uh, they then cut to the past, uh, where the Fugitoid was working with Donatello and Michelangelo and the, the, the Turtles and Splinter to fight the Foot Clan in New York. Um, following the, you know, after Hiro, you know, Hiroto took over, we we see the Foot Clan taking out a lot of the uh, the good guys. Uh, and we also meet Baxter Stockman, or a gray-bearded, middle-aged to—I wouldn't call him elderly, but he's—he's he's older. Like he's—he's he's definitely aged, right? Yeah, he looks like Samuel Jackson. Kinda. Yeah. I'm turtles at. So the turtles are basically being ambushed by a a huge army of of, of Baxter Stockman's robots. And you know other other Foot Clan minions like they they're they're just being overrun and that's what ends up killing both Leonardo and Casey Jones. Uh, it's it basically is a giant explosion that blows up not necessarily basically the headquarters of the resistance. And for all intents and purposes, that was the end of the resistance. They they, they, they were pretty much crippled by that defeat uh and everyone is presumed dead that includes leonardo casey jones both of them confirmed dead but michelangelo who was there assumed more than just that they assumed that fugitoid was dead that 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 april was dead that there were no survivors except for michelangelo that's when he that's when he fled the city that was the big event that he referred to in the last issue cut to the future and Baxter Stockman is still alive, and what they're trying to do is take out Baxter Stockman and all of his his tech 
that way they're the, the idea is to cripple the the tech side of the foot clan and that will give them not necessarily an advantage but it will help them out in their their endeavor to to get Hiroto out of power right the fugitoid comes into play in that he is linked to Baxter Stockman's system and if they boot him up Baxter will Im- immediately know where the turtles or where uh, Michelangelo and crew are so they have to keep him powered down until you know they, they absolutely need him Casey is working with the you know the resistance to figure out how they're going to do this right April reveals that uh not only did she survive the attack here's another segment that was done in black and white not only did she survive the attack uh, but she learned of her you know her husband had died and that she was pregnant all on the same day uh, she then delivered the baby and has been living under like underground 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 for however many years Casey is how old is she like 18 17 yeah. 16 something like that yeah uh and so let's see there's a scene with Hiroto screaming at the screaming at the sky <laughs> and obviously having some some personal demons he he needs to exercise uh, and he he wants to be ready for the battle that he knows is incoming. And Michelangelo is like, you can't join me. You're not going to help me with this. Casey is like, I, you forget, I don't need your permission, old man. She went full on teenage, you know, angst on him. Yeah. Uh, the issue ends with April revealing that she has been building a tank. Battle shell. Yeah, what looks to be a battle shell. Uh to help with the upcoming battle uh that another issue just jam packed with stuff what did you think again it's more of an interpersonal an interpersonal more of a personal you know journey like you know you're you're continuing to see you know what's going on what happened you know in the past again it's still heartbreaking because we get to see the death of casey and Leo. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt as bad because you don't, I mean, they, they died in an explosion, but you don't see literally like, you know, yeah, you don't see their lifeless body <laughs> like via Terminator two dream sequence style, you know, being blown to pieces, which would have been very hard to take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, think, I absolutely love the art in this. Like it's a nice, it's a nice mix. Yeah, I, I, I speaking of like Casey and like all of the deaths so far have made sense. Like Raphael dying on his own because he was so hot headed, he had to go, you know, take care of business right now. Yeah, that is completely in line with the character. Leonardo and Casey fighting, leading what is essentially the purple dragons and you know a a a team of you know warriors together makes complete sense for both of their characters yeah so 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 far they're they're doing the even though the characters are dead they're still doing them justice yeah uh, which i i 100% respect as do i yeah um uh, what do you have for uh, nuggets Little Easter eggs. 
on page 15, there's a sign that says Bleecker Street. So that's, you know, to me, that's a nod to the 90s movie. Um, the new foot soldier robots look like the 87 uh, style foot soldiers, but definitely more deadly and more Terminator. Um, yeah. Like, um, did you find any nuggets or was that pretty much? Uh, there was a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pro- uh, Professor Honeycutt. Yeah, when he's like, you shall not pass. Yeah. To, uh, Baxter. But the the, uh, the importance of the like the Bleecker Street thing is that that's where the 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 underground hideout was when it was destroyed and it killed Casey's dad. Yeah. Casey. <laughs> and uh, then later in the issue. Casey finds herself at the corner of, you know, Bleecker and Sullivan, mm-hmm. which is the exact corner that, you know, her, her father was killed. So, so that, that, that's kind of the, you know, that's, yes, it was also a callback, but it, it also had story significance. It, we're, we're, we're rolling right through this. Do we want to move on to issue four? Yes. Okay. Issue four of the last Ronin. Uh, this one, we get to see we I say I, I say we get to see like it's some sort of pleasure to see it. But uh, the death of Donatello and Splinter. Uh, this one is this one's rough. Just but we'll, I, we'll get to why it's rough. So it opens up and Mike, Michelangelo and and Casey are there. They're in in the, the trenches. Right. Uh, they They are. Full on assaulting the Baxter Stockman headquarters. We we see present day Baxter Stockman. He is much older and much more uh teched out. He almost looks like Freddy Krueger now. Yep. Which is very much in line with you know the I always must be improving character that he is. Uh cut back to uh a scene where we see Michelangelo training is he training or is he is this where he agrees to train her? I think this is where he agrees to train her. Yeah. Yeah. This is where um Casey's training and Michelangelo's like, hey, you're sloppy. You're doing this wrong. You keep you're getting all of your moves from movies and blah, blah. Like basically just giving it real heavy critiques on everything she's doing and even demonstrating how bad it is by telling her to hit him. And she just can't. Yeah. Like, she, she, he's just like, no, nope, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. She's like, fine, train me then. And he's like, fine, I will. And so that's when they establish that that you know now she's gonna have a master, and he it's Sensei Michelangelo becomes a thing. Yeah. Which I would have never ever ever predicted that was gonna happen. Me either. <laughs> uh, and we see another hairstyle. Or is this the same hairstyle? I don't. I I lost track. I yeah. literally have lost track. It's a short hairstyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, we then then April and Mikey pick up their conversation about where Michelangelo Michelangelo has been. Well, he decided he's going to go to Japan because he knew that's where uh, Master Splinter and Donatello had gone prior to the battle in New York. Uh, he gets there only to find out that they dead. 
<laughs> sugarcoat it. Yeah. And and the the, the master who was there um, tells of a pretty long story about how they got there and that the the Foot Clan um, like attack was not only a, a, a stateside thing, but it was also a you know a Japanese thing. And for for lack of a better term, they they just trap. It's yeah, they get ambushed. It's a trap. They're just sent basically sent in for the slaughter because they were supposed to weren't weren't they there to broker like a peace treaty? Yes. Yeah. And they they didn't even make it to the the compound. They they were met by by arrow fire and and warriors there to just kill them. And the probably the most heartbreaking thing is the way Splinter goes out. Yeah. Like he knows what he's doing is not a ta- there's no tactical advantage to what he's doing and that he this is probably going to kill him and his son. There's no way he didn't know that. Didn't he at this point he knew that his other sons were dead, right? That's a good question. I think he did. It's possible. And he he just dis, despite being told not to, he just continues to fight and Donatello being, you know, he, he takes on a defensive position and is, and is trying to protect him and his father and just takes a whole bunch of, of uh, arrows and both of them are just – they're screwed. And what ends up happening is Splinter throws his, his sword and it gets basically blocked by Hiroto himself. And Hiroto then – kills master splinter with his own with his own sword which sucks yeah like there is there is some uh i guess some something peaceful about him dying in japan yeah not in new york you know walking amongst people and not hidden under the underground like there's something a little like beautiful to that but the fashion in which it was done is just, just tragic and and donatello Almost being collateral damage here is 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 bad as well. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to say that it's it's out, out of character for it is out of character for for Splinter, but this this one hurts more because it's a little out of character for Donatello. It's not as poetic, I guess, is yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. and I think that's why it hurts more. Yeah. Uh, after learning, so Michelangelo basically just went into hiding. He went walking, just disappeared for, you know, 16 years. Uh, that's when he acknowledges that he's a Ronin now and he, he has no he has no master and he still has, a, you know, a mission to complete. And he also asks April, so when did you realize that Casey had extra abilities? And this is, our, you know, our our first hint that there's something special about you know, new Casey. Yeah. And uh, April's like, it's been, you know, I I noticed a while back she has enhanced healing. She's enhanced. What's what you say? Healing and strength. And I think those are the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, And April says that it's because of, and this is an interesting like direction to take the story. Like Michelangelo's mutation 
has changed over the years, which isn't a, that's not that's not a that, that's a thing that has been a turtle's thing before. Yeah. But now he has enhanced healing. Like that that's what the mutagen has provided to him in, you know, in his later years. Because of their exposure to the turtles, you know, for years on end, both the original Casey and April have like think of it as like radiation poisoning. Yeah, but reverse. Yeah, it's like the opposite of radiation. Yeah, exactly. So when they had a child, that child had latent mutant like mutant abilities. Yeah. Those being extra strength and like a healing factor, which is real cool. Agreed. Real, real cool. I want to hang out with Ninja Turtles and get mutant powers. Right? But not a third toe or like, you know... Not a third toe, seventh toe. No, well, sixth it, toe? Sixth yeah, it's, like, it's very, it's it's unlikely that you... You know would, what I mean. It's unlikely that you would get mutant powers, but if you were to have a kid, that like kid could have, like, tentacles or something. Like web feet. Yeah, yeah web feet. Yeah. You know. uh, but... Be really good at taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 a really cool way to further the mutation story of the turtles without just blatantly being like, oh, April O'Neil now has blah, blah, blah. She has fins. No, like this is a very scientific way to look at that. Yeah, I really dig it. Yeah. Um, Mikey and Casey have continued their assault on. On a uh, Baxter's Baxter's lab, um, a whole bunch of action happens, a whole bunch of cool military or cool attack stuff happens and ultimately they win uh, it, there's there's only a few ways to put it they 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 actually bring uh the fugitoid's head with him uh, with him and he drops the you shall not pass line again uh as he basically overpowers or he vaporizes he vaporizes Baxter Stockman with electricity and that is a real cool death scene it really is that one i'm not sad over no it's baxter man for baxter uh, but for honeycut yes yeah yeah uh but he's still kind of floating around as like these weird like nanobots right so he became nano uh, maybe i was maybe i was kind of expecting him to kind of like reform himself but that sadly did not happen. Well, not in the pages of this book. Yeah, um, well, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get there. Um, Casey, April, and Michelangelo, they, they, their victory, you know, they're like, yay, we've won the battle, but not the war. They then look towards uh, the foot and basically say, you're next, homie. Uh, and that's where the that's where issue four ends. Uh, with the grand finale coming up next. What'd you think? I loved it. <laughs> You've had a very uh, consistent opinion across the board. Very consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it just it, it, it gets it hook, gets its hooks in you, you know, and it's just, you know, it's it's still, of course, I was like, you know, OK, well, we're going to see what happens to Donatello and 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 Splinter. And it just it, it is heartbreaking because yeah. he's he Splinter at least has died before 
in the original comics. Yeah, but his death was peaceful in the original comics. True. This was like kind of a, you know, for him and for him and Don, it was both gut wrenching. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. I I, I guess what how this is within the character of 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 Splinter is that he died an honorable death. Yeah. You know, he he went into this 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 negotiation, you know, in good faith that it was going to be a negotiation, only to find out that he had been ambushed. Yeah. You know, and and th- I guess that's just what you do, right? You just yeah. I'm being ambushed. I I guess I'm just here to fight now. Right. There is no retreat. So. Yeah. yeah. Th- these these books have all been real sad. <laughs> they have. They have. Uh, we we got some lightning, you know. They 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 lightened it up a bit with the um, uh, Mikey and uh, Casey training sequence, which I rather enjoyed. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, really a highlight of this issue. The art on those panels are just crisp and beautiful. Like that. Do we know who did that panel? What panel? Uh, the one with where um. Or did they do like the beginning uh, page, page seven with the training montage? Uh, that would be the the lead artist on the book. Um, it, mm, I, I let's see, Esau and Isaac Escorza. Okay. I think, yeah. So. But that that's who did basically all, you know, all five books, except these segments that are done by Kevin Eastman. Yeah. But it's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. I, what, I, what 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 nuggets do you have? Uh, <laughs> um, besides Baxter Kruger, man. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. I really I don't have any unless I missed something. I don't. Yeah, there, I don't think there was really any because at this point they're, you know, pedal to pedal to the metal foot to the floor. We got to get through this story. So there's there's not much shenanigans here and there. Uh, yeah. The the more I see her in this story, the more I like Casey Marie Jones. I do, too. Like she's fierce. She's determined. She is her dad. Her action figure is probably coming. We'll get five variants of her action figure, each with different haircuts. Ooh, five different heads. In yeah, the box, in the box. Uh, but no, she is her father. Yeah. Like, it, and and just imagine Casey Jones with a healing factor and enhanced strength. Oh my gosh. Like the original Casey. Yeah. Like, I I love where this is going. I do so too. Let's let's jump to book five. Five. The grand finale. Okay, so this one opens with Michelangelo again having a conversation with his brothers uh, about what you know what the attack plan is and and how it's going to get done and blah 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 blah. And Michelangelo is like, "Look, I'm going to do this. How I'm going to do this? Leave me alone." Um, April and Casey are you know they they have his back. They're they're this is the this is the final battle. You know. And Casey had, yeah, Casey Marie had already decided, I'm going with you, Michelangelo. I'm going with you. And the entire time he's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Now, Casey and April do play an important part 
to the story. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the, you know, getting into the compound and defeating Hiroto, Michelangelo basically sneaks out and goes on his own. Yeah, like a turtle do. Yeah, he he, he pulled a Michelangelo and he's like, I'm not endangering any of you. I'm going to go do this because it is my this is what I'm here for. This this is what I've been trained my entire life to do. In, in a way, if they were to join him, that would kind of be poo-pooing on his purpose. Yeah. So what follows is a very long monologue, like inner monologue, with Michelangelo fighting through several different waves of enemies. Everything from giant flying robots to electronic crows to what looks to be a century that is guarding a door. Uh, he, he's, he's just basically marching straight. It's, it's, I, I, I can't really name, name drop what I, what I want to say here. Cause I can't think of any, any specific movie, but when I think of like classic fantasy movies mm-hmm. where the protagonist is fighting to get to a final destination and beat a final person, it's called boss battles. There are there are boss battles, but yeah. it's it's it, it it seems much more traditional than just a video game. Yeah, you know, it's because each battle is a, is a journey that Michelangelo has to make. You know, it's like oh we've entered the castle, you have to fight this person. Oh we've made it through to you know the the, the laboratory, well we have to fight this person. You know, it's it's it just seems like. Maybe it's maybe it's Dante's Inferno. The one that I'm thinking of is like uh, like Bruce Lee's Game of Death, where each level is a different master, and there's mm-hmm. different, there's they're different uh, of, of, of uh, different martial arts on each level. It's very um, possible. Yeah. Yeah. So or, I kind of got that feeling. Or, or in this case, Mega Man. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Because he he, t- he totally uses the century-looking guy's sword to defeat the uh the the flying robot, so yeah. that's straight out of Mega Man. So pretty much there you go. Well, he finally makes it to uh, Oroko Her- Oroko Hiroto, huh. and uh, <laughs> they made that name hard to to pronounce. They really did. Just for you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, and he actually gets to see it's like Schwarzenegger hard to spell (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he actually gets to see Karai in her in her uh, comatose state not Uh, long not long because Hiroto he he, did he just kill his mom yeah why did he do that because he's crazy yeah he looks like a he looks like a Tron villain. Yeah, at this point, which is cool. He's wearing this Shredder-inspired suit that also looks like something from Tron. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, uh, it also kind of reminds me of the Shredder that was in that first episode of uh, and hear me out, the next mutation. A little. The style I, of like the helmet, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I 
yeah, man. If you if you if you look that up, it it looks a little a little like it. Um, he's cool looking, and yeah. it looks like his uh like his armor is very much like T one thousand liquid metal armor. Mm-hmm. So it 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 fits his body rather than being all clunky, and that fight commences. You know, he's finally made it to the final boss. Mm-hmm. And rather than it being like some big super shredder looking, you know, thing that he has to fight. He's tiny. Hiroto is he's very tiny. He's agile. He's strong. He's 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 got. Head to toe armor. So Michelangelo has to kind of put on his Donatello hat and figure out how do I get through this? Yeah. Yeah. How do I how do I break his 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 uh, his defenses? And they they fight for a good what twenty pages like it's it's a it's quite the long battle right yeah it's pretty epic yeah um Casey has to like the 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 underground is flooding and what she's having to deal with is basically turning the valves to unflood the underground and also save her mom who she presumes is under there about to drown right yeah so that that's what's happening there. But the Michelangelo battle with uh, Hiroto, it, it, it takes a majority of the issue. Uh, there's even an, a, a point at the end where they're fighting again at the corner of Bleecker and Sel- Sullivan. So, like, this this one <laughs> this one street corner is, is pretty important. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be visiting New York next week. I might look up the corner of Bleecker, Bleecker and Sullivan. Do. As, as a shredder does, he... He betrays Michelangelo at the end there because he's like, fine, I yield. And right after he says he yields, he attacks Michelangelo in a way that is is pretty, pretty bad, like pretty bad. Um, a nice touch is uh, as Michelangelo is like really digging into him there at the end, he attacks them with all of the different weapons that his brothers had. Yeah. And each time he's like, this one's courtesy of Leonardo. And he stabs his, you know, katana through his, uh, through Hiroto's waist. And then he's like, this one is from Donatello. And he hits him in the face with Donatello's uh, staff, or at least a chunk of it. So he, he's, he's, he's very much fighting this battle alone, but his brothers are there in spirit. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fight goes, it, it falls into the sewers. Michelangelo loses half of his clothes. Uh, Hiroto claims to be immortal. And finally, like there's the the huge climax where and I'm I'm not really sure. Does his. Yeah, his suit. It explodes. Yeah. Like it. it Because of the damage that it, it received from fighting Michelangelo, it self destructs, leaving him dead in a puddle of mud or of just polluted river water. Michelangelo is next to death and Casey having solved the, uh, the, the flooding sewers problem. Um, and also didn't have to save her mom. Her, her mom, you know, had, had a breathing apparatus underwater. None of that matters. Let's stick with the Michelangelo story. Casey, uh, seeing her sensei pretty much dying on the, the, the banks of the river, uh, shows up, uh, and he hands her Sp- Splinter's book. Yeah, he hands her Splinter's book and points to a page, like the last page, that oh, says she, she hands him. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, because she found it. And she's like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave this behind. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. She hands it to him. And he points out a page in it that uh, was written by Splinter. And it's the most important page of all. And it says no peace. Which ultimately was always what Splinter was teaching. Yeah. He was, but he was teaching it through the, you know, through the lens of ninjutsu. April shows up just in time to see Michelangelo perish. And he dies in the arms of, you know, not in the arms of, but Casey is, is basically crying over his, 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 his body as he dies following the fight with Hiroto. Because he, his, his wounds were mortal wounds. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad that it was a long fight because after acknowledging that he has a, almost a healing factor. Now you really have to do some damage to kill him. Yeah. And they did, uh, cut to a, a dreams, a dream like sequence, much like the, the previous one we saw. And, uh, it's, it's the turtles all in, in the lair. Um, they, they leave to go on kind of a mission, you know, the classic turtles, you know, running on the rooftops mission. And, and there they meet splinter and Casey and they're all, you know, kind of, happily ever after right happily ever after and dead uh in in this 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 dream realm uh then there's the epilogue the epilogue is quite an epilogue i'll say <laughs> uh it shows uh casey training uh you know and and using the book uh, as reference uh, as as she should she then meets up with her mom. You know, they're kind of celebrating the victory, but also, you know, it's a day in the life of Casey and April, right? Well, what we see on screen is a thing of mutagen or some sort of chemical that's green. And then the next page, we see a small terrarium with four turtles hooked up to a lot of equipment. Yeah. And in the background, there's a TCRI canister. Mhm. And the, the 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 Casey is basically standing over them saying, "Hurry up and grow already. I've got so much cool stuff to teach you." Yeah. What does that mean? And so the the, the well the, the the last thing I want to say and the 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 most confusing and ballerest thing in this entire issue is the to be continued in the bottom right-hand corner. Yeah. Yeah. So so go ahead. What you got? Like, I mean, April already has Mikey's blood. She took a lot of his blood. Yep. She was patching him up and stuff. Like, are they going to be the, the turtles? Are she going to use their base DNA from the mutagen or whatever to, to bring them back? Or are these they're just mutate new turtles? Are these are they, is she going to splice? You know, that stuff together. What I, I don't know. Are these going to be new Ninja Turtles? Or, you know, is it going to be Ninja Turtles the next generation? You know, whatever. Like, I have I have so many questions. Yeah. Yeah. So many questions. I, I was not expecting that. And no, like, I was yeah. sitting here reading it. Yeah. And I was like, what? What? Like, to, to kill off all of the Ninja Turtles... To only reveal that Casey is making more is bonkers. Yeah. 
And not only is she doing it, she's doing it. Her and April are doing it. Like it's this is this isn't like her going rogue and going. I need to make me some turtles. April's like, yeah, let's go do it, which is even weirder. Yeah, I I'm fascinated by where this story could go. I am too. It's very exciting. Uh, so so, and 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 the thing is, is like, I don't think they officially announced. That the last Ronin two was coming, yeah. But it was like kind of an assumption that this story was going to continue, right? Like it's way too popular, way too successful to close it off after issue five, yeah. But they clearly wanted to tell a story where they killed all the turtles. They succeeded. They succeeded, and like Michelangelo's death was, it was, uh. I cried. You really? Yes. Wow. I was going to say that it was like it was hinted at. Like it was hinted that this this was a, you know, you don't return from this battle. It was a one-way trip. Yeah. And for them to actually do it is extremely impressive. And you cried? That's cool. I did. Like it really got to me. You know, it's 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 the Optimus Prime syndrome. It's like you seeing one of your favorite heroes just die like i didn't i didn't know which way it was gonna go you know i thought like oh well maybe you know uh oh no you got healing factor bro come on heal up heal up um but yeah it 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 tugged on me hard yeah yeah i I, i'm not gonna say i cried but i when like at the bottom of the page where it has the like the heartbeat that goes that goes dead I was like, I'm going to flip this page and it's going to start back up. You know, I, I just know it. They, they're not going to they're not going to end this with no turtles. And then they did. A totally left field direction. You know, it, it's uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, how do you kill? Oh, don't kill. The-. I love it when main characters die. I'm just going on the record. I'm not a fan of that at all. I love it so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> because d- how many stories have we seen, turtles and otherwise, where the hero survives stuff that they shouldn't have? You know, they write a fake death into something. They like it is so refreshing. <laughs> this is maybe kind of morbid, but it's it's so refreshing to see characters die and stay dead or their death actually have meaning no i get that i get that you know and and to go into this already with three of your heroes dead and then kill the fourth one like it's just chef kiss man yeah no no i get it it's 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 not following the strict paradigms that are always in place with storytelling this was done in a way to where it was like you said, in service to the characters, mm-hmm. true to the core. What do you have for this issue? You got any nuggets? Got any opinions? Got any anything that we didn't cover that you want to talk about? A lot of there, you know, it's like there's even more character development as you go through, you know, these issues and like seeing like Michelangelo just carry the weight of the death of his family on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And there's not, you know, there's not really much room for joking. 
you know, he's like, oh, aren't you? And it's like Casey said, aren't you the aren't you the funny one? You know, or the joking one, jokey one or whatever. Yeah. And, um, having him at, at the beginning of the issue, just sitting there arguing with his brothers. And they're just really just just laying it on, you know, uh, like, you know, like Raphael's like, you let us all down. It's like, you know, go to hell, Raph, you know, and it's just like you you I, I didn't expect to see that in the beginning of this book. Yeah. And how does Michelangelo deal with loss? Is it he shut down like any person deals with loss? So I connect even more so with Michelangelo now than I probably have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like he wears, he wears the loss of his brothers as a, like a personal burden. Yeah. In a way that I don't think the other turtles would have. Yeah. You know, uh, Raphael of course would, he, he would process it with anger. Donatello would see it as, you know, a very, he would come to a logical conclusion Leonardo would probably do, you know, deal with it a lot the same way. But Michelangelo's re- reaction is is unique in that he is the heart of the turtles. Yeah. And you take everything away from around him. He's going to be affected more than his brothers would be. Agreed. Without, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and And we see this throughout the entire story. Especially in the the moments where he's talking to them, yeah. So uh, it's fantastic. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, and and we say that a lot. You know, we're fans of the turtles. Surprise, yeah. we're fans of the turtles, and we say a lot of stuff is great. You know, yeah. we like a lot of the TV shows. We 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 dote on stuff that we 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 like about the franchise. The last <laughs> Ronin is something special. Yeah, but what what I'm saying is is we throw the word great around a lot, mm-hmm. partly because we're fans of it. But this one is something special outside of that. Yeah, it's not just oh man, cool turtle thing. No, this is like I would recommend this to someone who's not a turtles guy. Yeah, you know, you know, I'd say oh you need to read you know issues one through whatever. You need to read Return to New York. You need to read. Uh, City at War. Oh, and definitely the Last Ronin. Like th- those, those are my rec- recommendations. If someone is like, "What should I read?" Yeah. What else do you have to say about the series as a whole? Dude, like this just just this just hits all the right beats for me. Um, story wise, character wise, you know, art, just just everything. Like this was definitely well worth the wait. Um, that 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 final fight with um T one thousand Shredder uh, <laughs> was 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 really really nice. Um, and it and it's basically like you know you see how how Casey was dressed. You know she's technically Robin to Michelangelo's Batman. Yeah, you know, you've got those parallels. Yeah, very much. She she literally has a Robin-looking mask. Yeah. This this is definitely one of my top recommendations. And again, you don't have to have read any of the other stuff. Right. Really, 
to 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 be able to just dive in and enjoy this book yeah um and i i'm gonna throw it out there i want an animated movie and and that is a very real possibility because remember they're making animated movies for paramount plus yeah so there's literally nothing stopping them from doing that and this could not be for the children I want blood. I want swearing. I want to see. I want all of that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is they're not going to make it for children simply because three of the turtles are dead. Well, true. And their deaths are shown on screen. So we need more adult Ninja Turtle stuff. Which gets me to my next point. Like we said, I, I said this on our panel at, at the la- at the Comic Con last year. Like this is exactly what the turtles series what the turtles franchise need needed mm-hmm. it needed a more mature story that is unique to ma- like a mature audience it's not just a mature version of the turtles this is a story for adults yeah and it's extremely popular it's extremely well done i totally see nickelodeon making the decision to for the last Ronin to be its own thing. That'd be great. Or like a like a high end CGI or even 2D animated. I don't care. Like an it, like it could be an ongoing Netflix series. It could be an ongoing Paramount Plus series. It could be a standalone a movie in theaters. It like the last Ronin could be. You know how like how do I put this? So so like take Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like. On the on like the way you would describe Birds of Prey as a Batman spinoff, right? Mm-hmm. But it's its own thing now. The Last Ronin could be a Turtles spinoff yeah. that becomes its own thing that that has re you know recurring media for decades, right? Like the, the the potential is there now. I don't know if anyone in Nickelodeon is paying that close of attention and saying, you know what, we have we struck gold, or if they're just looking at the money as they count it. I don't know, but the 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 one thing that we have preached for 88 ish episodes now is the turtles need to address their audience, and that audience is adult now. Yeah, and we are finally seeing someone do that. We just need to get past that. You know, well, we, well, the Batman, uh, the Batman movie was was PG thirteen, so that's a good step. Along with this, so uh, right, but, just, but ultimately that movie wasn't that, that movie was still for kids, like yeah, eh, eh. in in the same way that the Avengers movies are for kids, eh, ish. like the Avengers, that's a kids movie. It's sure it, everyone likes it, but I'll it, take my my ten year old to see the Avengers. That's yeah. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. You're talking like rated R. I'm not. I'm not even talking in the terms of MPAA ratings. I'm talking adult themes. You know, dealing with death, dealing with loss. That the, like those are things that you don't expect children to have to do. No. And so this story is it, like the root of this story is death. And th- that's why it's so compelling in Turtles lore. Yeah. And, and you know, wherever that falls on the 
you know, the MPA rating, whatever, fine. If it's rated R, it's rated R. If it's rated PG-13, it's rated PG-13. That ultimately doesn't matter. I want a story that they're not scared to sell to adults, which it seems like they've been for three decades scared to sell anything to adults. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really tired of it. I look, I enjoy all the forms and stuff and whatever that we've gotten, but it, it's, it, it's time for our turtles to grow up. Yes. And that is, that's the last thing I got to say. Me too. Uh, we've, we've run kind of long, so we kind of need to wrap this up, but uh, go read The Last Ronin. If you made it this far and we spoiled everything and you haven't read it, I apologize. I don't apologize. We gave you a warning. But we did. if you agree with us, fantastic. Let us know. If you don't agree with us, probably not as fantastic, but still, let us know. Like, what did we get wrong? What did, what, what did you not like about the last run? And why And why is Sergio and his weird complaints, why, why am I wrong? I, I, I blame it on the uh, butterscotch hair. We're not talking about my hair right now. That's not <laughs> what this show's about. Uh, butterscotch is a really good way to put it, though. Tune in next time. Uh, Jeff, where can you be found between now and then? <laughs> As always, Sergio. <laughs> you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. I'm here right now. Um, <laughs> uh, where we specialize in retro games, uh, like our, our Neo Geo MVS cabinet, uh, Aero Fighters 2, King of Fighters, uh, Metal Slug, all those fantastic games. Um uh, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch. Uh, we're always getting uh, interesting and, and unique games in all the time. Uh, we'll be actually having a uh, Evil Dead uh, showcase event for the new upcoming game on Friday the 13th in May. So I'm very excited for that. Um, we also do tournaments and game restoration and all that great stuff. Um, Smash Brothers uh, on every Saturday and whatnot. Um, and please come out and see us. Where can we find you, Sergio? Well, Reality Breached will be back May 17th. Uh, more details to come as to what that means, but it's we're, we're going to be streaming some stuff, man. Otherwise, uh, tune in next time. Next time we're going to be talking about four kids. Not four kids. We're going to be talking about <laughs> the 2K3 show. Uh, we're diving into season three, part three, uh, which is episodes 19 through 26 of season three of, uh, the, the 2k, 2k three cartoon. So if you want to watch along with us, that's how you would do so. And you can find them on Paramount plus. That's right. All of them. Yep. All seven and, seasons. Yeah. All seven seasons. Uh, tune in next time. Um, I'm going to be on vacation for like the next week. So, assuming we, we might be delayed. I'm just putting it that way. It may not be in two weeks. Yeah. Because, because of my vacation, but we'll see. We'll see. Just go uh, listen to some old episodes and act like you've never heard it before. Yeah. We also, we might have a special episode coming up soon. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we are the last Ronins. <laughs>
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.